book friends, and welcome to Dig the Plot Podcast. I'm Jada Atwood. Well, the week has come. My son will leave for college this week. I'm not going to cry about it too much, but man, you know, I think once we get him moved in, I'm probably going to feel some relief just because I'm nervous even about that. I know he's going to be fine. It's just, it's a big week here at our house. Well, it is for me. I don't know if anybody else thinks it is, but it is for me. Also, it's a big week here at our house because my husband started his very own podcast and he's already had probably more listens than I've had since the, since I started mine. It's called Treat Up. It's all about hunting and squirrel dogs, and he's already had people contact him to want to be on his podcast. There are very few squirrel hunting podcasts, so he's not in a market that's saturated like books, but he is super excited, so we've actually made some additions to our downstairs podcast room. I'm sitting at a very gorgeous new desk that we paid hardly nothing for, which is much easier than the couch. So I'm thrilled. It's much easier to do this here. Hopefully the sound will be the same. And pretty soon we're going to put up padding on the walls so that we don't get any uh, bounce off, I guess you'd say, for the sound. So hopefully this will sound the same as it always has. I usually have more padding around me, but we're thrilled to have the desk. And I'm so excited for him to start his own podcast. And like I said, it's already wildly popular. He's only had one and he's already had people contact him to be on it. So if you're interested in squirrel hunting, he's your man. All right, I already feel like I'm behind on reviews this month. I don't know how that happened. So we're going to go over several books in today's podcast. Of course, I like to keep these at a decent length. So if I see that we're going too long, I may have to cut it short. But the first book we're going to discuss absolutely shocked me, blew me away. I had seen it all over Bookstagram and honestly figured when I, if I ever did read it, I would probably start it and never finish it. But guess what? I ended up loving it. Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Satana. Oh my goodness, it was great. This was a cute, fun mystery book. I absolutely adored Vera. The first sentence of the book hooked me. I knew right then that we were going to get along and I was going to finish this book. Okay, let me preface this. Side note, for those of you who might be new that didn't listen to me while I had chickens down here, they would um, cluck and make noise while I recorded. I do have chickens. Currently only have uh, ten, nine or ten, I think. I've got to replace. We had way too many roosters. That's what happens when you buy baby chicks. It's kind of hard to tell. So then they grow up and they become roosters. So we had to get rid of a few. So I get to replenish. Just means I get to buy more. But I love my chickens. So the very first line of this book reads as follows. Vera is 60, a pig, but should have been a rooster. Chinese horoscope, of course. So... Vera's supposed to be a rooster, so she was a woman after my own heart. I can say that it is easy to love Vera. I mean, from, you know, the reader standpoint and then an outsider standpoint, but she didn't have the greatest relationship with her son, and I can see why. I'm sure she was overbearing. She told him what to do. Like, every morning when she got up at the crack of dawn, she would text him and say, why aren't you up? You should be up. You should have already started your day. She wears a visor. 
I have to say, have that one person in town. She's already got it. She's always got her visor on. It made me think of her. She tries to keep up with the younger generation by Googling nonsensical phrases and writes them in her little notebook so she doesn't forget them. And she owns Vera Wang, not Wong, Vera Wang's world famous tea house. But you know what? She only has one customer, Alex. Vera is, you wouldn't know it by how she gets up and starts her day. She goes for her walk. She's real spry, but she's sad and she's lonely. Her son never texts back and he never calls back. So one morning, Vera starts her day just like usual. She goes downstairs and in the middle of the tea shop is a dead man. Now, I really don't understand how Vera slept through that and the book actually may address that, but I'm like, how did you not know this man come crashing through your door and fell over dead? But nevertheless, he's dead. Vera, of course, quickly sees that the police absolutely do not know what they are doing and decides that only she is capable of finding out what happened. The police don't want any of her assistance. Who trust me, it's funny. Vera quickly narrows down her suspects to a list of four people and begins her quest to determine who killed Marshall Chen. The first suspect is Marshall's brother, Oliver. Then she suspects or looks at his wife, Julia, whom he had just left pretty much the night before. I think, yeah, he had left the night before. And Ricky and Sana, who had been doing business with Marshall. Now, those are two separate people. They aren't doing business together with him. And he had scammed them. Vera is actually, you know what, she's really good investigator. She's very smart, very cunning, and comes up with inventive ways to trap people and to figure things out. This, this is going to sound, I don't necessarily talk this way all the time, but this is a truly lovely story. It really is. It's heartwarming. It's funny. It's just cute. It's quirky. It's fun. It's just got all these adjectives that I could use for this. And there's even a huge twist at the end. I really didn't expect that, but I loved it. I loved Vera from the very beginning. She is definitely over the top at times, hilariously funny. She loves to meddle in everyone's business, but she really does have the best of intentions. She wins everyone over because she cooks for them. Huge meals. I truly enjoyed all of these characters and watching how because of this little old lady, their lives slowly begin to change. Vera needed them as much as they soon realized they needed her. She even... Even if she was overbearing, but she even became a stand-in grandmother to Marshall's two-year-old daughter that was left behind with his ex-wife, Julia. Soon, her son, Tilly, found himself missing his mom's texting calls, and he was calling her and texting her, and she couldn't believe it. But you know what she told him? She's like, I don't have time to talk to you. She said, I'll get back with you, and then never, I mean, she did, but you know, she, she actually had a life. This was a very well-developed story with just enough mystery to satisfy me now I'm a horror mystery thriller but every once in a while you want something like this thrown in you kind of you know you get tired of certain things or not tired but it gets redundant and you like to break it up with something well this is the perfect book for that and I let me just you have to know this by now I love quirky characters love them that's why I love the maid so much and I feel like that's why I'm going to love Sally Strange Diamond. But I really don't know that she's going to be quirky. But I feel like she is with that name. But I love quirky characters. And Vera is just that. 
This is my first read by Jessie Satanto, and it's not going to be my last. I enjoyed her writing style, how easy this was to read, and I truly had no idea who killed Marshall. I mean, I was as astonished as the rest of these people when we got to who killed him. I was just so wrapped up in the storyline. I really did enjoy the ride of this book. So my advice to you is do not sleep on it. It's a definite must read. You know, it's not real intense, but it's just intense enough to keep you reading and want to get to the end. I've already went on the Libby app and placed a hold on all of her other books. They may not be for me, I'm not sure, but I'm going to try. I mean, because I, I really did love this book. Okay, my next book was My Darling Husband by Kimberly Bell. This was a three-star read, which a three-star read for me just kind of means I need to do a rating system on my Instagram sometime, but a three-star read for me means I wasn't mad I read it. Could I have skipped it and been okay? Yes, but it held me from the first chapter to the last chapter. I wanted to know what happened. Kimberly Bell, I may have only read one or two of her other books, but She's a very good writer. She's an easy-to-read writer. There's nothing confusing. I like her writing style. I can blow through her books fairly easily, and she usually has a good storyline, and she did with this one, but it's just a good, solid book. So Jade and Cam Lasky are seemingly a happy couple with two adorable kids, a huge home, and a successful restaurant business. Everything changes when Jade and the kids come home and are confronted by a masked man in the garage. This book focuses on what is going on inside the home with the kidnapper and then on Cam, the husband, who's running around trying to collect the huge ransom that's been demanded. Cam has been hiding all of his financial struggles from Jade, so acquiring this money is not as easy as Jade thinks it'll be. She thinks he's just going to show up with this ungodly amount of money. All while the story is playing out, Cam is being interviewed about what happened, and those are my favorite parts. It's a TV station. He finally agreed to do the interview. So as you're reading the story, to me, the most intense parts was the interviewer interviewing him. That's where I garnered most of my information and insight into this story. I liked all of the characters, but I loved Beatrix, the daughter. Now, some of that, some of the things that she did for her age, you may think, eh, but you know what? She was a spitfire from the get-go, and I loved, I just really loved her character. I also really appreciated the fierceness that Jade protected her children. I mean, she had her life on the line every time you turned around, and I really did appreciate her devotion to her kids. There aren't really too many bombshells during the main part of the book but the ending will throw some just some right hooks right at you and you're like oh whoa where did that come from it's deemed a domestic thriller and it really is it is a good solid read you'll read it really fast so if you're in between books and you just want a good read this would be it not going to necessarily blow your socks off but it's just a good read one last book for today is the new neighbor by carter wilson I don't, you know, I have so many books stacked up, lined up to read on Libby. I have things I've requested on NetGalley, and I have no clue why I requested this book. Not a clue. I don't know. Sometimes I think that I get, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be left with nothing to read when I own hundreds of books that I have not read. And I had just went to the bookstore, and I have got an actual 
highly anticipated read laying there, laying there that I've not read. But yet I chose this, and then it came up on the Libby app and didn't want to lose my place. So I went ahead and read it. I thought, I'll read a chapter. If it's slow, I'll just skip it and then put my hold back on it again. But you know what? It ended up being really good. Again, it's The New Neighbor by Carter Wilson. After I read it, though, which it is a standalone story, but it has a crossover to another novel, The Dead Husband. I don't know. I read lots of reviews that said you should read that first. I can see why, but then I can also see that eh, I was fine without it. I'm, I'm kind of undecided on whether you should read that first or not. But is today the best day of his life or the worst? Aiden Marlowe's wife, Holly, has died. And while having a final moment with her at the casket, he realizes he has won the lottery. He, so Aiden has just lost the only woman he has ever loved, the mother of his two kids, and now he has instant wealth beyond all of his imagination. He has played the lottery for years. He decides to move and start a new life in a new town. He feels like his wife spoke to him through the funeral, I guess, and he moves to Barry, B-U-R-Y, New Hampshire. He buys an 8,000-square-foot home that's been abandoned by the previous owner, Logan Yates. Now, he's bought this big home. Now, Lo well, first, let me finish this sentence. Logan was in his 70s when he abandoned this home. So, Marlowe, which he'd rather go by instead of Aiden. Again, Aiden Marlowe goes by Marlowe, has bought this 8,000-square-foot home for him and his two twins. I don't know why he thought he needed this house, but... He was smart, hired a financial advisor, Maya, to help him, but you'll see as the story develops, she quickly becomes someone that he can depend on. He also has his dad that eventually also has to come live, live with him. So after they move in, they learn that Mr. Yates, his daughters, and his grandson have all disappeared from the home. Marlowe begins receiving creepy letters that are threatening in nature, telling him to leave. Um, then they start demanding money. He immediately goes to the police, which provides not much assistance, if any. Also, all of this is going on. Marlowe is harboring a secret about the death of his brother. Now, in the second that he was standing out by the casket, and they were preparing the grave for his wife to be lowered down, he was there by himself, he was getting ready to confess to her what had happened to his brother when they were young his brother had died when he looked at his phone and discovered he won the lottery so you kind of go the whole book trying to you know you're still trying to figure out what happened to this brother so he does eventually confess it to his dad so suffering now from lost time which i love saying that that was from a movie um oh starts with a p can't think of it Edward Norton's in it, and Richard Gere. I absolutely love it. But anyway, he loses time. I've said that often. He has anger issues as well. Overall, I enjoyed this book, but I also had many frustrations with it. I loved the atmosphere. I loved the house. I loved the creepiness. It wasn't a horror story by any means, but it was just, it was creepy. All these people disappeared, and nobody knows why. I also love the storyline. I love the characters. I love that Maya was there to help. Yes, she was getting paid thousands of dollars, but she became a real friend. But things just kind of fell apart more toward the end. For one, I don't really feel like this is a spoiler, but for one, to me, one of the most important parts of this book had absolutely no resolution. The disappearance of these people. 
they were just it was just thrown out there and it was an in, to me an integral part of the story and then eh, let's just forget about it I'm not going to talk about it anymore I anxiously awaited the answer to this. Like, I really looked forward to how this was all going to come together, and it didn't. I just stopped talking about it. There's something else that didn't make a lick of sense to me, but it's considered probably a pretty, pretty, a bitty, holy me, (laughs) a pretty big twist. So, I can't really point it out. But just a lot of loose ends that were never tied up, which two, I guess, give to why I left this with three stars. It just needed a little more development. And then apparently when I was writing this, I usually write out my podcast because my thoughts are all over the place. But I decided by the time I finished this and finished my review that I would have preferred to have read The Dead Husband first. So... If I were you, I would read The Dead Husband first because it does talk about some of these missing people and then read this book. I think it might have given me more insight to things that I felt like were missing. And I have added that to my TBR list. I might be flipping them, but I do think it's worth my time to go back and read that. So I have several things that I want to do next week and I haven't decided which way I'm going to go yet. So I guess you're just going to have to tune in to see. I finished reading, I think in one day, Probably my number one most anticipated read of the year, Riley Sager, which I've already reviewed, was a close second. But this was a Shari Lapina book. Oh, I couldn't wait. I actually went to Barnes and Nobles and just bought it. That was my birthday gift to me. So I'm not sure if we're going to go that direction or I am really into these Amazon short stories. And they do them in collections. And they are so good. So I'm not sure which direction we're going to go. You are just going to have to tune in and find out. listening to this week's dig the plot don't forget to check out all of my reviews on my instagram at dig the plot underscore dig the plot podcast is now on spotify amazon music and apple be sure and join me next week see you then